Is that Glock? Well, I'm tripping major nutsack right now. Oh, send him! Welcome to the world of winning. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Switchback Formula One podcast. My name is Graham, and joining me as always, it's uh, it's Mel Morris's legal team. It's Luke Holmes. Oh, really, really dragging me into the dumpster, Graham. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Love it. How are we doing? Hi. Hi. Yes, hi indeed. I'm uh, high on success of the week, Graham. <laughs> I'm sure you are. Uh, that's a good thing, though, right? This this Derby agreement with Middlesbrough. That's a it is. It's a, a huge thing, step right? forward. Huge step forward. And I was looking at the table there not too long ago. Like you are, you are close to getting. Like how many games are left in the championship? You are close to getting out of that situation. It, it is. Do you know what? It is one of the most remarkable. If if he's managed to do, pull it off, and I really hope he's do. That is one of the greatest escapes in footballing history, as far as I'm concerned. It's the greatest escape, as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely ridiculous, and it's a big, big match that I'm going to next week. Big match. So I'm either going to be very pissed off when I, when we record <laughs> next week's episode, or I'm going to be very, very, very happy. Uh, who, who is it? Oh, is it Forrest you're playing? It's Peterborough. Oh, was that a who? winnable game? Should be, should Let's be. See. Uh, Derby County, uh, 23rd on 18 points and Reading on 21st and Safety on 22. And they've lost at least six in a row. Yeah. And Oh, that's a, actually, that's a, I've just seen Peterborough in 22nd with two games yeah. in the hand over Derby. That is a it's massive a huge game. game. And then obviously, I'm the Derby fan. And then my best mate Adam in real life is a Peterborough fan. So Ooh. it's huge, huge, huge game. And I'm sat in the away end at, at Pride Park, so... You're sat in the fun. away end at Pride Park. Yes, yes. It's the only tickets I could get, Grant, because <laughs> Pride Park has been an absolute nightmare to get into. Well, absolute nightmare. People are dying to see uh, Derby County pull this off, huh? Yes. It's, it's <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, looking at the table, that is realistically the only spot of safety you can get because like, Cardiff are 10 points clear of Reading from yeah, 20 to 21. So it is literally that spot everyone's vying yeah, for. Pretty much. Fascinating. That or nothing. Yeah, very much so. Well, that should be interesting. So that's, what, next Sunday? Yeah, Saturday. Saturday, cool. Well, I hope you enjoy that. Should do. Uh, as we've enjoyed a very busy week of F1 content, content. as I guess we should have expected. Uh, well, we were expecting. Uh, before we get into that, though, I just want to say, I have to say, I didn't tell you about this beforehand, but we've had, I just want to, if you're listening, I just want to say thank you because we've had increased uh, listening numbers and audience, like kind of unique audience. Uh, it's been growing over the last uh, last few months. It's been very, very positive to see. So if you've been listening, I just want to say thank you. It's been, it's been really encouraging to see. I'm going to say the complete opposite. Fuck you all. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no, love it. I love it. It's good to see. I've been seeing random little comments here and there from people. Yeah, really they've nice. been super cool. Um, yeah. So, like, oh, by the way, I listened to this. Oh, nice, cool. <laughs> we really appreciate that. So, no, we just want we do want to thank you because oh, I want to say that at the start because I something like that I usually forget and then I say it at the end and then like not everyone's listening like an hour forty minutes in so. 
Yeah, well, I can't. I can't blame them. The no, first I can't days, either. They've got to get the uh, formalities out of the way. Yeah, <laughs> very much so. So we appreciate that, and we've got lots to talk about because it was uh, launch season began uh, this week, and we're going to get into each of the launches. But I just want to go over the the news. I guess that you know some of it pertains to launches, but some of it not. I guess even before uh, McLaren's launch in the week, uh, Lando Norris uh, and McLaren announced a new long-term deal until the end of 2025, which is apparently the longest known contract of any F1 driver, although I'm sure the Strolls might uh, have something to say about that. But. Well, they definitely will. <laughs> um, Norris, obviously, 22-year-old. Uh, he's been with McLaren all three seasons of his F1 career, of course, as well, coming up through the junior categories in uh, as a McLaren driver, or certainly F2. Uh, alluded to the fact that there were, uh, he called them some little little chats, is what he called them, between uh, some of the top teams, and we can very much assume who those top uh, who those top teams were. Mercedes Red Bull, because there was the only viable seats open. Yeah, and given... And like, why not Ferrari? Well, Ferrari have been on record of being very happy with uh, Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz. I believe Leclerc is signed up to the end of 24, which is would be, I guess, the second, which was, I believe, the longest contract until it was until uh, this Norris deal. And of course, Sainz, I would expect something to be done. I don't know if Probably I think the Spanish Grand Prix. I want to yeah, probably get announced. Could get something like that early enough in the season, but it's very. I think it's largely given as a formality that he's going to sign some sort of extension. But again, the details of said extension will be interesting. Will be an extra year, two years, three years. Interesting to see what uh, Ferrari do because obviously they've got some young drivers that are of interest. And well, I, well, sorry, it's they got Mick Schumacher of interest. I should say, um, yeah. like we can't really say that about there. I guess that because that in the space of two years between 2020 and 2021, but more so, more so last year, uh, it's kind of just their only viable F1 junior option has emerged as Mick Schumacher. You well, the Giovinazzi was there. Oh, well, yeah, well, well. Yeah. not two years ago, there was Giovinazzi, uh, Schwartzman, and Eilat, and all of those have seemingly dropped out of, out of uh, contention with that. So but it'd be interesting to see what Ferrari do in terms of how long they sign signs for. Uh, do I'm expecting a one. I'd say a two, maybe an option of a third. And give themselves options, which is more than what can be said for Norris uh, here. Let's see, let's see that for a segue. So I was trying to angle yes. into that because apparently uh, there are no outs in this contract on both sides, which McLaren should be absolutely delighted because they get a top... Would we be safe and say top seven driver on the grid? We'll just hedge that. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Without thinking, uh, without going too deep into it, uh, you know, one of the top in the top, kind of the upper echelon kind of drivers on on the grid. They get to lock him down to the end of twenty twenty five. That is enormous on their end, with apparently no outs. Uh, that's according to uh, Andreas Seidel. So that is that's a huge from a McLaren uh, team point. Yeah, but it's even bigger of a commitment from Lando. That is. That's bold because if it goes tits up for the these new regs, then uh, mm-hmm. it's it's going to be quite a long three years, four years, whatever it is. And I, I wouldn't be happy if there wasn't some form of that. I'm sure every driver's got an out in their contract. Well, I'm, I'm guessing Max has even got one in in his in his Red Bull contract. Surely there's something. I, I don't hundred percent believe it, but slightly swinging towards them more than likely isn't I mean I feel like if they're going on record to say that there's no out then 
I'd imagine from a legal standpoint, they must be fairly confident that that indeed is the case. Yeah, yeah. Now, again, we've look, we've seen in F1 contracts, they're, of course, they're obviously legally binding, but we've seen more than a few instances of teams and drivers getting out of said contracts. I mean, there are a few examples come to mind. Obviously, Sergio Perez with, obviously, Racing Point, and he was signed up till the end of 22, I believe. And yeah. obviously, they were able to, whatever happened there, that allowed Vettel to enter and obviously saw Perez have to leave the team. Uh, we've seen as well, uh, one of the ones that always sticks out to me is Jensen Buttons, uh, BMW, Williams and uh, Honda, or BR Honda at the time, situation where you know they had a legally binding contract for, I believe it was 2005 or six. Mm. Uh, I think it was for six, but there is doing... Uh, it, it, it was a while ago, but like basically it was a back and forth and eventually Button, even, apparently even though the court found it to be in Williams' favour, they have eventually sorted an agreement where Button stayed at at uh, BAR slash Honda. And of course that ended up leading to a, uh, it's one of the better decisions of F1 history, as it turned out, it eventually led to a title down, down the road. So look, if we've learned something, if you want to get out of a contract, there are ways to go about it, but it doesn't seem like there's going to be like a Sebastian Vettel kind of uh, performance clause where that allowed Vettel to get out at the end of 2014 to go to Ferrari after a pretty uh, somewhat like lackluster in comparison Red Bull, shall we say, to the previous years. Oh yeah, definitely. There should be no performance clause in there. Not a chance. And I'm, I'm sure Lando will take the first year as the as a rough with the smooth type approach where he knows things might not be spot on for the first year maybe mm-hmm. sort of banking on year two or year three which i'm sure is part of mclaren's long-term project as they uh, refer to later on down the line when we get let on when we get on to mclaren later on in the podcast mm. uh, some quotes from norris just to kind of give context to some of this um when he was asked by the race in particular again uh, the the hyphen race.com uh, this piece from scott mitchell uh talked uh when talked you know asked norris about you know the options available if you want to leave mclaren uh you know obviously being a little off the table and when the race asked norris this he said yes of course i have to weigh all the factors and it's still my own career that i'm focusing on right so i have to look at, at the best options for me what i think is one what can i be what I, what I can be most successful in and what I think I can achieve the best, but also what I believe is the best for me as a driver, the best for me as a person. And the longer term, what is the best thing for me? So, of course, there will be opportunities, I'm sure, now for other drivers to do things and maybe go to Red Bull or Mercedes. The good thing about this is that I know those opportunities could materialize or I'm confident those opportunities would arise in the next few years. But the fact is I've still chosen to commit to McLaren. That is quite a strong message that this is still is still where I want to be. This is where I want to achieve race wins and podiums and championships with. I did weigh all the factors for my own benefit and what I think could have come up in the next few years with drivers leaving and so on. But in the end, McLaren for me was still the best option. So that's why I'm most happy to be here and commit to my team. So mm. uh, obviously, look, it is, and he, what he says, it's a, it is a big commitment. It's a big decision. And he's placing a lot of confidence and faith in what McLaren are doing. And we talked about last week how all these things are lining up. And if, you know, they may not be 
at the front per se this year but there's nothing to you know there's no I've there's nothing to doubt that they can't be in the next few years as this Norris deal progresses oh yeah definitely everything like we like we said they've got a lot of things going their way the structure's in place the, the entire team's looking great they've got the greatest driver pairing one of the greatest driving pairings on the grid for this season coming up and just seems in a really good place all around morale wise and everything just seems to be going the right direction maybe not last four, four or five races but of last season but it's a clean slate mm-hmm. and you never know now there is an excerpt in this piece um when they just they, they talk about how Andreas Seidel said there was quote no uh, no get outs quote on either side then this this little excerpt here this implies there is nothing in the contract in terms of McLaren or Norris having strictly defined exit points but Norris said there are quote things here and there end quote in the contract which could mean uh, de rigueur performance clauses exist I'm not familiar with that expression de rigueur d e i r d e r i g u e u r uh, so perhaps then you know maybe said performance clauses exist we don't obviously know but however so but it goes on to say however Norris stressed his confidence he will see out his contract in full and when he's I don't at, believe that well we'll see uh, when asked by the race if the contract gave him room to maneuver should McLaren not make the progress he expected Norris said quote yeah of course in every contract there's various things but in terms of my one for the next four years there's a heavy commitment from my side to just commit to doing what i want to do and achieving stuff with the team especially coming into this year the thing a lot of people would have would think is just to stay with my previous contract which would have ended next year or the end of next year or whatever when we're so early on this new era of cars and new regulations and so on i knew that there was an opportunity for other teams to make big steps forward and maybe we go backward. But I don't think that's something I'm going to be worried about. I'm confident in this team. And whatever happens this year doesn't mean we might be struggling in F1 for the next five to ten years, right? I have belief that even if we have a tougher year this year, which I don't think we will, I'm confident we won't, the next two years and three years, and when we get the wind tunnel up and running, and then we can make that progress we need, and I'm confident we can be back towards the front even more so than what I'm hoping we can do this year. So, of course, there's things like that here and there, like in every single person's contract. But in terms of my commitment, it's very high. I'm confident I will be here for the next four years. I see that very differently to how he's put that. I see him getting very frustrated. And then it being a very similar situation to Hamilton where he just bails. Yeah. like Out I, of pure frustration. Yeah, this is the thing. Like, we've seen these love affairs in F1. Like, you know, uh, the current ones would include, like you know, like Charles Leclerc and Ferrari, Verstappen and Red Bull. And Norris, Vettel and Red Bull. Uh, yeah, uh, Norris and McLaren, these are current ones. But in the past, you've had the likes of Vettel at Red Bull and like Hamilton at uh, McLaren, where, you know, these kind of things are, you know, similar things are said at various points in their relationship. And, I mean, the Lewis Hamilton one kind of, yeah, after 2010, they weren't able to make as good a car as, uh, you know, the previous ones that Hamilton had, and obviously his debut year in 2008, uh, where his title, when he won his first title. Uh, Vettel only lasted one year after you know four years of winning titles he after one down year he went off exercised that clause and you know relationships like that you know like where we've seen with we've seen with like Hamilton and and Vettel it doesn't like these things don't last particularly I won't say particularly long they can last a while but uh, it's 
it's very optimistic. Yeah, it's it's bold, I would say, to say that to guarantee that you're going to see yourself to the end of this contract, and, and maybe he will. You know, like again, there's look, winning solves a multitude of uh, of problems, and that that's the true that's true in any sport. You know, winning winning solves a lot, and competitiveness solves a lot of things. So it's not as long as he doesn't you know go from you know back like the seventh or eighth and does that for consecutive years like or two three years you know I, I don't see that happening so i don't think this lack of maneuverability or you know there's some maneuverability here but primarily what we what you what would you what you would see excuse me as a lack of maneuverability i don't think it'll particularly be a problem in this case but it wouldn't have hurt to i guess maybe give yourself a little bit more wiggle room and i guess future proof yourself in case things went drastically worse than you expected, which is, you know, always a possibility in F1. Oh, it's more than a possibility. There's a good chance it, it goes that way, to be fair, but it's one of them things where we'll have to wait and see. Mm. So, but yes, very notable uh, notable extension. And look, Norris has spoken about, you know, the mental health. He's very outspoken on mental health. And if he's happy and healthy in McLaren, and he alluded to in, in one of the quotes there that uh, about, you know, about being happy, then, you know, then... He, there's no no reason to obsess. What seems like a pretty good balance in his life right now. Yeah, I'd say that from the outside looking in. So that's uh, that's Norris's. We'll talk about more about Norris and McLaren uh, coming up. But we had another well, two bits of announcements that came in the same the same day. Uh, we had the announcement that BWT is joining Alpine as a title sponsor following their split from Aston Martin. So this has been, I would say, you could probably have seen coming for. Mm, Ever since they split from Aston Martin, perhaps. Yeah, and ever since Almar went, really. Yeah. Sort of pushes that boat towards that angle. Sort of of a broker of that deal, I reckon. Behind the scenes, I, I think he's already there. It's just not been announced. Yeah, I'm expecting, I'm expecting some Safnar announcement at some point. I, I, I don't. I'm expecting him be there to be there for the car launch, which is the 21st of Feb. Yeah, it's one of the latest, one of the later ones. So mm-hmm. there is a good chance. There's plenty of time to get it done, but probably not. <laughs> Maybe that's the whole up, you know. You never know. Yeah, could do. Uh, but the big, I guess, the big takeaway from this is a not only the fact that Alpine have got a title sponsor now, but obviously we're going to see some more pink on this pink and Alpine, and I think pink and blue is going to look very, very nice. There is some optimism already that this could be the one of the better looking cars on the grid, and I have no reason to doubt said possibility i think blue and that blue and that bwt pink it is going to create an awesome combination i think you could be very excited for the car launch from alpine coming up yeah if you follow uh sean bull on instagram he is a uh f1 car designer or like livery designer and he works for alpine and he said it is one of the best looking cars he's ever made in concept and then there's actually been made into reality it's whew, it's going to be absolutely mint. Yeah, and I've seen some like concept images on Twitter, and oh boy, <laughs> even just with the uh, replacing the red from last year with pink, it looks very very nice. Yeah, that's the one thing I'm wondering about. Like, where do they keep the red, or do they put the do pink there instead? Do they keep? Do they do both? They, where they position that pink and red is going to be key because pink and red t- together like that on the Alpine cover, like you know. Uh, it, that's that's not a combination I don't, I don't think will, will work particularly no. well aesthetically no, definitely not this is where it's just a massive French flag and just replace the red with pink <laughs> do you know what I'd be happy with that I think it'll look great I wouldn't 
I think it looked terrible. <laughs> there would be a, there'd be a way that it could look good, but Alpine would find a way to do it badly because of Lauren Rossi. <laughs> You'd like to imagine he's not even not involved. He, he's my new Aston Martin. I've decided he he's going to be the new person I pour my anger towards <laughs> for no reason whatsoever. He's done nothing to me. So very excited. You know. It's going to jump to an interview when I'm interviewing him in five years' time. <laughs> I'm very excited what that uh, Alpine's going to look like. It's a shame we have to wait so many more days. <laughs> so. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's very strange that it is the late, one of the later ones, but mm-hmm. oh well. And then the same day it was announced that ba- uh, the Bahrain Grand Prix extended its F1 contract to uh, 2036. Nice. Talk about long-term deals with Norris. That takes the biscuit with long-term contract contracts. I mean, you know, we 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 slag Alpine for Espan Ocon's uh, extension. Yeah, you know, this is. But to be fair, Bahrain is sort of a staple on the F1 calendar now, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's one of the tracks I look forward to, and it's obviously now it's got the te- it's a testing venue as well. I think it's just a given that it's going to be on the calendar. This it's got great facilities. Mm-hmm. It's a great track all round. It puts on. Decent races, not amazing. Decent ones. We had a few good ones here and there. Also, some very bad ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, I'm all for it. I'm not in sort of the uh, a protest sort of ways, but sure. It's, it's yeah, right. from your from a racing kind of point of view. Yes, that's what I mean. Yeah, uh, look, obviously, look, the the, the you know, it's, it's a different conversation to get into the the human rights side of things. Yes. Uh, there are other people who will do that. We will leave it to them. But uh, yeah, look, it's been on the calendar since 2004. I've been watching F1 long enough to you know remember when there was no Bahrain on the calendar, and now obviously it's been nearly here for 20 years. You know, like you know what I mean, like it's it began in 04. We're in 2022. Obviously, it missed the race in 2011, but it's been a staple every year other than that. Obviously, the, it was it was the first race in the Middle East, I believe, as well. Yep, Open that gateway of we have a few now. I've uh, been like Abu Dhabi, and you know, we saw a few last year with uh, Qatar and Saudi Arabia. And those are going to continue in the future as well. So it's kind of the, I don't want to call it the gatekeeper, so to speak, but it was the first one anyway of its of its kind. And obviously the switch to the night race, I think, has been a big, uh, a nice a nice way for it to go because that was, uh, I think, a welcome addition. I, I, I look, at, I was actually, do you know what? Before I was watching, before we came on today, I was actually watching the 2013 F1 uh, official season review about two hours into it and obviously it was the last year with the the the, the uh, daytime Bahrain and I'm not mad on its looks I'm, I, I, it's so much better than night race I think it's the temperatures as well it's just too hot it's just way too hot out there to do it in the day night time it benefits everybody I think it looks great and it's just a lot cooler mm-hmm. to race him because obviously, I, I I don't think I would be able to even do a single straight without <laughs> passing out in that car. Ridiculous how hot it gets. So look, it's a it is a very good track, and obviously we saw its its um its versatility with the outer rim, uh, outer layout with <laughs> the in twenty twenty. You had to say rim, didn't you? I, that's why you're. Anything like that, like <laughs> I for, like the outer rim, like I've, I've, it's from Star Wars. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's the outer loop, Graham. Outer loop, outer How rim. It's the you. same thing. It's not. Crofty refers to it as the outer loop, and I respect David Croft massively. Well, if David Croft said it, it has to be correct. <laughs> uh, uh, anyways, a last little piece of news. I don't know what to make of this, but it's it 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 exists. Because uh, he was he was at Ferrari for a very small amount of time, I guess, in the spotlight, but. Uh, 
Marco Mattiacci has joined uh, Aston Martin as its new global chief brand and commercial officer. Uh, there's a dapper image of him here at motorsport.com in a, in, a, in, a, in a suit minus the tie. And uh, look, I'm sure he'll... he'll, he'll uh, They've paid lots of money to do fuck all. Yeah, it's... I guess it's a notable hiring, but yeah. Is it? Yeah, is it? Uh, (laughs) I wasn't sure where to bring it up, but... Yeah, well, it's worth mentioning, I guess. Sure. He's going to be the reason why they win the title (laughs) this year. Oh, dear. So that was, yeah, whatever. Uh, (laughs) So let's get into the launches then from the week. We had three of them. We had Red Bull on the 9th of February, Aston Martin on the 10th, and McLaren on the 11th, so Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So Red Bull were up first. Now, we knew they were not going to show a lot of their car. That was uh, the case. The, uh, they literally just spray-painted the, uh, the, the, I guess, the concept car, you know, the, f- the full-scale concept car for 2022. And, yeah, I f- initially thought we were going to get a different livery. I thought we were going to get shades of 2010 kind of Red Bull kind of thing uh, my hopes were quickly dashed when they <laughs> unveiled that it's, it's different though to be fair it's more of a change than what they've done in, in the last three years well to be fair. it's a big change okay. a lot of things if you look into it, it, it a lot has changed around on it but it looks exactly the same <laughs> well yes mostly so obviously the big their big announcement that they teased was if they uh uh, Oracle has become a title sponsor with with Red Bull, so it's Oracle Red Bull Racing. That that rolls off the tongue nicely, I think. Oracle Red Bull Racing, yeah, yeah, makes sense. Uh, where the I strategy and car development gains in a five hundred dollar deal, which five hundred dollar. Yes, um, <laughs> I think Red Bull are being scammed out of that if it's five hundred dollars, which it comes to, I believe, just under four hundred million pounds. Yes. Uh, supposedly, according to the Associated Press, it's over five years. Yeah, uh, that's what I've seen. Uh, but they're going to apparently they're going to use their cloud system to uh, to help on that side of things. So, uh, they which were, I think they was doing already before. I think it's just going to be on a much larger scale. Yeah. So let me read part of this uh, article. It's from Keith Collantine on race fans. Uh, the technology infrastructure provider joined Red Bull ahead of last season and has agreed upon agreed an expanded tie-up under which is become the team's title sponsor. Uh, Red Bull began using Oracle's cloud services last year to improve the race simulations, which informed strategic decisions during races. According to the team, the number of simulations it ran increased a thousandfold in 2021, sure. and the simulations were conducted ten times faster. That, quote, enabled us to make race day decisions that helped Max Verstappen win the 2021 Drivers' Championship, end quote, said team principal Christian Horner. It ran billions of such simulations over the course of 2021 at considerably reduced costs. This provided a particular benefit at last year, as last year was the first season teams had to operate within a budget cap. Apparently, Red Bull will also harness Oracle technology in its new powertrains division, which will produce power units designed to to regulations which are under development for the 2026 season. This will be focused on the modelling of the new engine combustion chambers. And apparently, the new title partner's analytics will also be used to help develop Red Bull's junior drivers and esports team competitors and train them in the use of data to improve their performances. Is Lawrence Stolver in the script for that? (laughs) Jesus Christ, what a lot of jargon. So, it is a lot of jargon, but notable, obviously, the cash injection and a title sponsor for, for Red Bull. So, Yes, which um, they haven't had for 
a year or so. Uh, since Aston Martin departed? Yes, yes. At the end of 2019? Yeah. I That's think. Correct. I cannot remember. When, when Mr. Stroll bought them out, basically. Yes, essentially. So, but what did you make of the Red Bull launch itself? Very fancy compared to what they've done in the past. It's a very, like, TV show type thing from what I saw. I didn't get to see all of it, but it was a, it was a very interesting launch. But the actual car itself, I, I thought, I, I quite like the livery. It's quite nice. It's slightly different, like I just alluded to, but it does sort of... Um, push Oracle in your face quite a bit, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what Mister Newey has got in store for us when we hit that track in Barcelona. Mm. Very looking forward to because he obviously being the legend that he is, the, the legendary designer, he knows all the tricks, and I'm sure there's going to be something that everybody else has missed or a few teams have missed out, and he's picked up on, and it's going to be the difference maker. Yeah, it's very possible. Like, I think the race did a YouTube video on some of his innovations in the past, like the, you know, like something like the the nineties McLaren, and obviously he was at Williams beforehand in the nineties as well when they were a powerhouse at the beginning of the nineties. You know, regulation changes are major regulation changes like this, which Horner has said are like the biggest in like 30, 40 years. Uh, changes like this, overhauls like this, are in Newey's wheelhouse. So we'll see what he's he's, he's cooked up, but. Uh, I guess in terms of the presentation itself, I uh, I know you were loving the uh, the use of the uh, the wheel covers uh, LEDs. Yes, they they are also going to be something I put my hatred towards. I don't know why you hate these yeah. so much. I, because I, they look shit. I want it to looks see the... great. Stop no, it that. doesn't. I want to see the rims. I don't care about some pieces of shitty plastic. <laughs> but they they've got lights on them, right? Lights so my are... bedroom has got a light on the, in, in the ceiling. I don't nah, give that's a not shit a cool about light. that. Nah. Yes, it is. No, it's not. It's You're... in the space of a starship. How dare you? <laughs> what are you, eight? Yeah, it's been up there since I was about eight. It's never changed. <laughs> it's one of them things. My dad my dad went to get milk and never came back and never got changed. <laughs> It's too bad you're not. You don't work in a a sector that you know. You know, it relies on handiwork and. Such. Yeah, I definitely don't work with electronics all day uh, and, and machines all day. Definitely it's not. Possible for you to change it. I understand. It is. Or oh, I don't have someone that could do it for me. Hashtag granddad for life. Um, <laughs> no, it's a staple of my bedroom. Will never change until I move out. Until until a lady until, this year. Come, until, until a lady walks in and sees it and then just immediately just leaves. That's probably probably why <laughs> I don't have a girlfriend right now. That's probably the only factor I can come up with, to uh, be fair. You got the hard part done, got back to the room, and then the light came on and that was it. Yeah. She yeah, she, she was done. Close her back on. And now she goes. And I'm just I'm just left there uh. the bollocks out, yeah. <laughs> 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 oh stop um moving swift right. mo- moving swiftly on uh because red bull obviously didn't really uh show much of well actually much of anything they didn't show anything with their car there's not really a lot to take away from us like obviously the same driver lineup uh you know uh, the, uh acknowledgement here or there from horner that perhaps well they're going to find out essentially that how much their 2021 title bid may or may not have cost them this year yeah yeah, I, I think it may have cost them, but you never know. Maybe like a little bit. Newey's the genius, the GOAT, so 
you never know before we before you decide to move on i, mm-hmm. I want to do this for the entire launch series i want a, a, a rating out of 10 for delivery for every car a rating out of 10 let me quickly pull up instagram uh, yes just, i will do the same just to uh, just to get a proper a proper look at this thing again and i really noticed a lot of these changes that you're referring to so i'm going to look at this again now f1 yes. have done some good work here uh, good con- good content good hashtag content work here with uh you know uh, the comparing the cars from last year to to this year and red bull obviously being no exception you commented on the fact that this front wing looks like very much like a formula two wing i mentioned this last year as well um i still i love that formula two wing so i am not opposed in the slightest to this uh to this um it looks like it's been sniffing a lot of yellow ketamine <laughs> it, it, you know what the yellow part does run a lot deeper this year yeah hell of a lot deeper you know what i mean it, that's what mm-hmm. is the standout feature in f2 it goes a long way back whereas in like normal red bull cars of the past it's only been like a short amount so I have yeah. to be honest. I, I, when we, all we saw last year was like renders, and over the winter we've seen renders of twenty twenty two cars, and they looked pretty shitty. Especially the tires looked really shitty. Oh yeah. But Wasn't I have, to, I have to say, looking at, I'm looking at the, the Instagram post from uh, F one here, where it has the two Red Bull cars, twenty two on the top, twenty one on the bottom, and having seen these more of these now, these twenty two cars look so much better than I could have possibly imagine compared to the twenty twenty one car. It is. They are so much nicer. They are so much more streamlined, which I believe, I believe obviously was part of the intention, but they are so better to look at than the 2021 iterations. It's not, I don't think it's even close. If you had a dream about, as a kid, as a, how an F1 car would look, the 2022 regs is how I imagined it. Not, not the boxiness of the 2021 cars. Because it is... I, I have a few friends that don't really understand what's changed mm-hmm. i'm like how can you not see it's gone from boxy to curvy <laughs> you know what i mean that is yeah. the that's the basics of it isn't it really from a, a basic like non-integral fan it is a lot more rounded off and a lot more cleaner yeah it's streamlined would be the word i use it's is very much i'm not going to use that word now <laughs> good it's mine <laughs> uh i have to give this i look I would have liked a livery change, but yes, it's still, yes. it's still a nice looking car. So I will give the livery here a. I'll give it a seven and a half. I, I will give it a seven. I'm sure if it gets some LEDs on it, you'll probably give it like a twenty out of ten. Oh yeah, obviously. <laughs> they run that in the race. I think it's gonna be fantastic. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, very like, Red Bull launch. Look, it, it again. We didn't. I think everyone's frustrated. We didn't really learn a lot, but that was certainly not the case with. Uh, with Aston Martin, who now I will say, such a bore. Like, I, I don't, like when was a Wednesday? You were working during Wednesday. I was, I was able to catch this. Uh, it was such a boring presentation. Like, there was some cool holographic stuff, but when people were talking, like Lawrence Stroll was right off a teleprompt, and I said this to you after, especially having watched the McLaren uh, unveil. But it was literally that reveal was literally for the sponsors, the partners, people who had never, ever seen a Formula One race, I, I imagine. Just, just absolutely, like, you know, you know the source, like, it just... I know exactly what you mean. Nodding but... and, you know, at Lawrence Stroll, Stroll's teleprompts uh, and very clearly just, it was very, like, it was, it was so obvious. Like, it was, it was drab. It wasn't very exciting uh, until... You can comment on the stuff beforehand uh, after. Uh, until they pulled the covers off, which was 
Very, very impressive underneath. The car is a big improvement visually over the predecessor. Yes. So it's a lot lighter in terms of colour. And it's just a lot nicer with the with the light Aston Martin green. Mm-hmm. The, the very neon one, if you know which one I mean. That it just mm, it makes it pop, I think. Whereas the, the pink from last year makes it really, really boring. And it just doesn't mm-hmm. stand out. That, that to me, is such a, a beautiful livery to look at. And the, the, the car, what they've done with the car itself. Woof. It's so good. It's mm. so, so good. So, Aston Martin actually revealed a real car. And that was... Cl- their innovations in the social were very clear to see from the... the 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 How do you say this word? The the Louvres? The Louvres? The Louvres, yeah. Louvres, sorry. I'm, it's not, I'm not familiar with the word too often. God. but um, real. Over the, it was on Urban Dictionary. How did you not get... I know. How did you not understand? I know. But, <laughs> on the, oh, oh, you know, where the radiators are and all this. Like, it was... Their innovation was very clear to see, and honestly, I've say what you want about the Lawrence Stroll spiel. Like, obviously, they're you know they're in year two of their five year plan, and what was the hashtag? We were together, we climb, or we climb, or yeah, it's hashtag together we climb. Yeah, something to that effect. Um, whatever you know, it business jargon, etc. But the actual car itself, I'm super impressed with. It looks. It's very, very interesting what they've done with this car. I am super curious to see how it performs on track. But uh, certainly, you know, compared to what we've seen so far, and I say we, we say to McLaren, obviously, it's a very interesting design. I'm super interested to see how it fares because I think I'm, I was very impressed with the car as a whole. Yes, yeah, so I was just going to say, is it Andrew Green who's, mm-hmm. ten, who's, who's chief? He seemed very enthusiastic about it, and I, I think everybody is, to be honest, as seeing as it is the first proper one that we've seen. And it just looks like it's been done properly. Yes. And they've actually thought out and not just did what they did for the last two years and sort of copy what other people are doing. And obviously you can't do that this year, but they've just, I think they've just put the focus on what they needed to. And it just looks so, so nice. And some of the stuff on it, some of the bits... It is very, very interesting with the way they've gone with it. Mm-hmm. The whole radiator and side pod configuration is very, very interesting. Very, very different from what we saw from other teams. And when they had a shakedown of this car on, I think it was Friday, they had the shakedown. Yes. And the, the the nose looked quite high off the ground but when it was running out of the pit lane. But, you know, I was one of my issues here or not issues but like one of my i guess skepticisms was like okay this looks this car looks great in a studio or a factory with you know proper lighting how will it look on track well we got the answer to that pretty quickly it looked it looked great honestly it it looks yeah it looks fantastic all they need to do is just drop that nose just a little bit Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then i think we're good it did look like it was uh pulling a wheelie nine times out of ten all the way around but it does look very nice. I'm watching it right now. <laughs> it does look like it's about to pop a wheelie. I know what you mean. Yeah, it is. It's very, 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 very cool to see the first car hit the track. Yes, it you know very I mean? much was. And Gary Anderson from the race was also very impressed. He was impressed with the detail. He said the team haven't left many stones unturned, and to me, from front to back, it all looks up nicely. As I always say, there's no one magic bullet. It's the sum of all parts that make any car work. And any a little interesting snippet here to end this uh, this article uh, on uh, the hyphen race dot com. 
Uh, we've now seen a version of what Haas will bring to the show for 2022, and we've now seen the same from Aston Martin. Both are fairly different concepts in terms of how they are treating the, the leading edge of the front wing and the side pod surface flow. Who will get it right is the big question. I'm keen to see what Ferrari and Mercedes bring to the show as both of these teams have released their cars. Uh, sorry, both of, the, both of these teams that have released their cars have very close technical working relationships with them. So is this a precursor to what we might see from Mercedes? Mm. Yes, that is very true because the... I think a lot of this rear end from is from Mercedes, if I'm not wrong. After why I watched the racers' video on it earlier, and I believe the entire gearbox and rear suspension is from Mercedes. Yes, I believe so. Yes, so I'm I'm very interested to see how that like goes on to the Mercedes and how it all is very similar. I'm sure there'll be very similar bits up and down the grid, but it is very interesting to see. If one of these has done one thing and one has done something slightly different, mm-hmm. which one is going to be the right way and which way is going to be the wrong way and how quickly it gets fixed. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, You mentioned uh, the race are releasing detailed, very detailed breakdowns of... Powered by Aranko. <laughs> yeah, powered by Aranko, of course. Uh, also powering Aston yeah. Martin. Yeah. Uh, very prominently, I might add. <laughs> yes, I got a full two-minute advert of it. Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're providing very detailed, extensive breakdowns of the car launches and releases and the technical aspects. I would thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly recommend watching them. They're under 10 minutes. They're not long. They're very, very good. The uh, uh, you, uh, YouTube.com forward slash uh, the hyphen race. I'm not actually... Yes. Do I have the prefix it's right? Just, it's just um, the race, I think. Yeah. Uh, youtube.com forward slash we are the race but you just type the race on youtube and you'll see you'll see the nice r nice 778 subscribers that should be over a million this year uh, it's it's time easily at least has it passed autosport oh that's a good question which is where the entire channel like everyone from that channel is ed straw scott mitchell uh glenn freeman oh yeah the osborne uh, have three hundred fifty-four thousand subscribers yeah, and I'm sure a lot of them were like me and you when them lot left. Unsubscribe. <laughs> so yeah. always check out if you're not subscribed to the race by now. We've only been talking about them for over like a year. What's wrong with you? Get, get your head in the game. They are they very are... reliable and put out some of the best content in the community. Absolutely. They they pick up Gary Anderson picks up stuff that you don't even notice. Mm-hmm. I didn't notice there was a slight bump or incline in the uh, nose when it gets up to the uh, wishbones. Mm-hmm. It's very slight, but it's there. I believe uh, Craig Scars- Scarsborough. Uh, yes, Scarsborough. who you would have seen if you if you're able to if you have the, the the means to watch F1 TV, you would have seen a lot of his stuff with Sam Collins. Technically, and they released this on YouTube as well, so you should be able to see uh, Craig as well as Sam talk about this. About not talk about just tech stuff in general, but uh, Craig has gone into a detailed detailed look on Twitter. Uh, about this Aston Martin car as well. So look, there's a lot of information out there, and I, I guess I can appreciate the transparency of Aston Martin because they've released a lot of pictures, and obviously a lot of pictures are taken. Their designs are very clearly on show for everyone to see and break down. So it's you know, can appreciate that uh, as opposed to what Red Bull did. You know, <laughs> yes. Hopefully they can make a comeback this year, much like Sebastian Vettel's hairline. Oh, maybe the biggest transformation in 12 months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, 
I saw a comparison of him and, and uh, of uh, Shaggy from Scooby Doo earlier on. That made me laugh. He looks very, very similar. He was looking very well, to be fair. He did. He did. He looks very. He looked happy, which I haven't seen him for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then Aston Martin went on, and they're apparently investigating building their own power unit for twenty twenty six, and. Which, which is a significant piece of news. Uh, the team sources power units and other parts, including the, its gearbox for Mercedes. However, with the FIA planning a change of engine format in 2026, Aston Martin director, uh, technical director Andrew Green made the possibility of producing their own power units was of interest to the team. And he said, I think going forward with our ambitions, I think we're definitely investigating power unit supply in the long term. 2026 is mooted as a new power unit regulation, and I think... As a team, we'd love to be involved. Mm. So, and that would line up with their ambitions and, like, obviously, they're building a new, like, new these new, like wind tunnel facilities, etc. Um, Huge factory. So, it would make sense in their ambitions to be able to do this under their own steam. So, this would be fascinating to watch, I guess, going forward, it's, what they what they decide to do here. It's the not it's the logical next step, right? Surely, be independent. Mm-hmm. That's that's with the way I would be wanting to go, or bring in a new partner, the something different. So whether they do or not is is another question because obviously it's going to take a lot of money, hell of yes. a lot of money to uh, build your own engine. But uh, and, uh, they've got they've definitely got the resources to do yes, that. Yes, that's the good news. <laughs> yes, but you never know if Stroll, Stroll decides to jump ship and go to Haas, then you never know. Never know, but I imagine he's a little too deep in now. Uh, so. I guess that's all, that's all I have on Aston Martin. So I got to get delivery here. A I give it a I've tried to think between eight and a, a half nine. and a nine out of ten. Yeah, it's a nine for me. Has to be the Aramco on the back. I think makes it. I do really, really like it on the rear wing. It looks really nice. It does look nice. To be fair, uh, it just looks much better in the daytime as well. Yeah, uh, it's just because it's that just shade lighter. I think mm-hmm. just just enough. Just to make it just nice. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I've, aside from the drivel that was, you know, with the uh, that was uh, from the likes, the mouths of like Lawrence Stroll and the such, and uh, no, no mic crack at this at the launch here, which I was a little so. Well, at least I say no. I, maybe he was there in the audience, but I, I, there he wasn't speaking or anything of the sort. So I was a little surprised at that. Like I know he's got absolutely no involvement in the development of this car and they had a few people up on stage like Andrew Green and such or, you know, who have had, you know, input in this car. But I was a little surprised that he wasn't uh, speaking at this event. My crack was a little disappointed too, to be honest. <laughs> I'm sure he was. <laughs> I'm sure we'll yeah. hear from Mike Crack, uh, you know, soon enough. Barcelona, yeah. I reckon. So uh, I'm interested to hear the things he, he has to say. Uh, in, a I lot guess, of in, in the first, uh, well, we'll, have, we'll see how much he's fed, yeah, <laughs> like Otmar was yes. last year. All right, let's move on to McLaren then. And obviously this is one of the more anticipated launches because McLaren is a team I think a lot of people have high hopes for. And I would say high hopes rather than high expectations. I think everyone's hoping that McLaren are closer to the front and they've been knocking on the door obviously they had a race win last last year the only one two of last year came from mclaren uh you know you want to argue the cases that came about you know whatever but doesn't matter they're knocking on the door here their progression has been clear to see in the last uh what three years now yep 
So this is one that people really looked at with interest and they showed a lot of interesting things. Uh, I guess, the, we'll start with the delivery, I guess, starting. Uh, very, very striking. It, it, it seems to amalgamate a lot more of their, I guess, the black from the IndyCar, the, uh, the, yes. the arrow. Yes, which I'm all for. Absolutely. And they lightened the papaya to closer a shade of blue that the golf livery from Monaco ran. So it's like an amalgamation of the two, I would say. And it looks, I think that car looks absolutely fantastic. Yeah, the baby blue. Oof, it looks so, so nice. And it's just, they've got this same, like, three three, use, three colours across their entire four. Because they, they did four announcements all in one, didn't they? They did it for the uh, IndyCar, eSports, and then... What's the extreme? extreme yeah. Yes, and they're all running basically the same color scheme, just in a different variation. And oh boy, it looks good on all, all, all four. So, so nice. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, McLaren, obviously, it is it, tough because Andreas Seidel, he seemed to say, like, he seemed to say, we have expectations this year, but then kind of immediately kind of hedged that by saying we to be realistic as well. So, Again, like I said before, I think they do have secretly uh, expectations for this season. It might not, might not be championship expectations, but certainly to be closer to the front than already they were last year. And nothing I saw at that launch has persuaded me otherwise that they do actually have hopes and expectations for this year. Yeah, well, they should brightly do. They've just been on an upward trajectory. trajectory, trajectory. Mm-hmm. I can't say that word for some reason. My uh, my lips don't want to say it. Um, but the the car itself looks amazing. So on like the technical side, not just delivery, of course. Is I'm 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 really clutching at straws as to how it can go badly wrong for them because I don't see how it does. It just. Everything is just lined up, like we said earlier with, with the Lando announcement. It's just going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I have to say, looking at this car, it's compared to the Aston Martin. This it's car very different. is very different. It's very, very different. Uh, the most normal difference, I say, there's a great post on Instagram from F1 about uh, from looking from the top down on both of these mm-hmm. cars and the side pod area. Uh, going into the back where the, the kind of the, like what you call the coke bottle uh, it's a lot wider on the aston martin before it comes in whereas on the mclaren it comes in a lot quicker and they've got a longer engine cover and a wider engine cover towards the back of the car so i think people feared that we might not see a ton of variation between the cars contrary it's been these these are vastly different cars immediately off the bat of the three we've seen, they're all completely different. All completely different entirely. There is not one bit that I'm like, right, that's exactly the same. They've all had the same idea here. No, not at all. All got different ideas and I'm all for it. Absolutely. Because it, it was some random could have got it completely right and the big boys could have got it completely wrong. This is it. I'm so looking forward to seeing who's got it wrong. Absolutely. I'm, I'm so booking a day off work for when... <laughs> When we get to Bahrain, obviously Barcelona, he's not going to be broadcast. Whatever. <laughs> uh, the other really interesting thing, and this is something actually that uh, there's a maybe you're familiar with the channel Driver Sixty One on I YouTube. Uh, Eight hundred thousand subscribers. Uh, so 
fairly large sample. I'm not one of them. Yeah, neither am I actually, but I might be after this because they actually uh, put a video before the launch about McLaren's leaked suspension system. Basically went into the, they, as an Instagram post that McLaren put up and it basically they're able to zoom into, Zach Brown was taking a picture, they're able to zoom in on it and stretch it and make it clear, you know, the clearest, like you, like, also, it reminds me of like CSI kind of vibes, how they kind of enhance <laughs> the picture, but they're really able to tell, and there's a lot of input from Craig Scarsborough on this video. It's on, driver, the channel's Driver61, you won't miss it. And they had this, McLaren are using a, the details of what these, uh, these items are, are gone through in the video, but I'll just outline it very briefly. They're using, I believe pull rod suspension at the front, whereas push rod has been the main uh, suspension at the front for cars. I think I think I mentioned that the last time we've seen the pull rod at the front was the 2015 Ferrari. Yes. And they're using, conversely, they're using push rod at the back where normally teams would use pull rod at the back. And it goes into, the, I'm going to link the video in the description you can, so you can watch it. And it's again, it's under 10 minutes, so it's not overly long and uh, a lot of technical analysis from Craig Scarsborough as well on, on this, but basically going on to the advantages, disadvantages and of a, of a pull versus pull uh, push rod at the front versus the back. And in essence, it, it's not going to mean a ton of difference, but it's just fascinating that we're seeing, again, a very different approach. That's what, that's what I want to get across. We're seeing very, very different approaches to the suspension and how that feeds into the aerodynamics and the airflow of the cars. Yeah, there is a reason that has been done. You don't just switch it up like that for no reason at all. There is a big, big reason why they they have gone for that. That is a huge change. It's a big, big change. Like that's that's it's a not, big commitment. It is, like, obviously, you're designing your whole aerodynamic package around you know such a well not around but leading like kind of it feeds into the configuration of your aerodynamics. That's not a, a one race change. That's a good ten race mid season change. That. That doesn't get changed very easily. It's almost philosophical in many ways. Like, I guess it's to a lesser extent of the Alpine's big airbox last year. Yeah, basically. That that probably will set that car's design for the entire season. Unless it is drastically wrong. If it, yeah, which by which they have to, obviously, they'd have to change the uh, to push at the front. And then you'd have to figure out... Because looking at it visually, it seems with a pull rod at the front, it seems a little cleaner, a little less complicated at the front. Mm. But then, obviously, you're seem to be packing a little bit more i guess in terms of bits so to speak at the back where obviously you've got a lot of different kind of components going on between like the the, the like the uh the engines and the coke bottle area and that, and that kind of thing your rear exhaust and diffuser and that and that sort of thing at the rear wheelbase where obviously you're getting your downforce from the rear wing as well yeah it's 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 very complicated it is and uh, i hope they've got it right i really do mm, well they're, they're, we'll see how many other teams follow suit if other teams follow suit but certainly uh out there again I, again you have to appreciate you know teams showing again not showing their full hand but they're showing you know they're showing commitment again, to a certain way right that, that's, you're putting information out there that other rival teams can see and it would be interesting to see, are Aston Martin, are they sweating about it? Are other teams sweating about it? Are McLaren sweating about it, having seen other cars go before? So 
it is absolutely fascinating the mind games and what you're showing what you're revealing again there's so many videos that go into much more detail than we can do because we're not qualified obviously um, and it's, it's hard to talk about something when you need the visual there to show right they provide that as well not that we could yes. do that anyways they provide the technical analysis well, anyway to be fair i've been told that i'm quite a poet so i go i could paint a pretty good picture <laughs> So that video, Driver 61, I'm going to link it uh, in the description. And if you again, the race have already done a video on McLaren's launch as well. So again, fascinating. Uh, again, the uh, and this is a great, again, on Instagram, great post from F1. This, the top-down, side-by-side, Aston Martin versus McLaren. Fascinating because maybe it'll, look, again, depending on what you're leaning into, maybe it'll both work. Maybe they're both wrong. We just don't know. That's it. It is literally on to the tests with them mm. they've got nothing else they can really do except twiddle their thumbs <laughs> and pray they got it right basically yeah uh, i will say as well having watched the mclaren launch it was very it was so clear from minute one of that launch i said this, i said this to you as well that it was very much a, a launch that was a lot more fan based again whereas aston martin was very kind of partner and sponsors based just to kind of feed information about updates in their project etc etc yeah and when you have natalie pinkham and karun chanduk as the main presenters for it it's just instantly just more mm. relatable i don't care what lawrence says i really couldn't give two shits <laughs> i'm, I'm you know really... what i mean it's just a lot more like i i i see eye to eye with natalie and and uh, well, especially karun yeah, like, there's someone that we watch pretty much every weekend that everyone's on. So. He knows his shit as well. Like, Karun Chandok knows his shit and knows what to ask. So, he, and we he got was some... a fantastic pickle by Scott. Absolutely. Fantastic. Absolutely. Uh, from, obviously, coming from uh, Channel 4. Yes. And, obviously, one of the things, actually, and like, they got, they got to talk to uh, James Key, a figure we've talked about often, actually, here. Um, yes. Uh, at, uh, on the switchback. But... Uh, it's interesting that apparently this is the first proper McLaren. He's like clean slate McLaren. He's got to work on because, of course, uh, the with twenty twenty one. Obviously, it was a continuation of twenty twenty. Which I don't. Maybe he didn't have a full hand in the twenty twenty car at the same time. So it's it's funny. Like he's been there for nearly three years, but this is like the first car going to have his full handprint as technical. You know, obviously overseeing this technically. It's fascinating. Yeah, that, that, that's the kind of thing that happens, though, isn't it? He could have been working on this for three years, though. To be fair, knowing that it was coming, you don't know, do you? It's one of them, one of them things where he just might have just been one of the only people looking into it, and, and then it's just how it's worked out. Was it me, or did he come across a little nervous uh, at times? I don't know. Well, if you did... would do because it's a lot of pressure. Yeah, like I don't know if it was his pressure being filmed, but obviously with the, some of the different philosophies that we've kind of mentioned here, obviously the the, the, the narrower kind of uh, side of the car. And obviously the you know, the expanded rear and the push and pull rods kind of configuration they've got going on different to others. Uh, there's obviously there's a lot of pressure on a lot of people to get this right. So understandably, yeah, if you cock it up, your your neck's on the line here, mm -hmm. pretty much. Maybe not with James Key, to be fair. But if you ask them more, your neck's absolutely. definitely on the line. Absolutely, Andrew, I, I expect Andrew Green to be gone by June <laughs> if he's wrong. Yeah, heads will roll after Martin if things don't Mark go well. Crack all gone. Yeah, everybody will be gone. <laughs> because I know this is year two of their five-year plan, but they have to show some tangible improvement here. Yeah, they can't afford to be seventh again. No, absolutely not. Someone's going to be, though. So, you know, 
Someone, someone's yeah, and it's like, probably probably going to be the boys tomorrow. You know, out of you know Red Bull, Mercedes, Aston Martin, McLaren, Alpha Tauri, Ferrari, and Alpine, like one of those is going to be a disappointing sixth, seventh, or fifth. You know what I mean? Like it's someone's mm. going to be disappointed here. <laughs> and that's before we bring in Haas or Aston, uh, Alpha Romeo or Williams into the equation. Yeah, you know, basically, there's, there's either way, someone is not going to be happy. There is no mm-hmm. two ways about it. So, have you anything else to add on the uh, on the McLaren launch? Oh, actually, before we do, actually, we'll say that um, more kind of hedging of bets. Um, Lando Norris has said that beating Red Bull or Mercedes come, uh, quote almost impossible end quote for twenty twenty two. So, uh, his quote: "We have no idea where it's going to be against any other team. There's literally nothing that can tell us if we're going to be good, if we're doing bad, apart from gossip and rumors that you might hear between teams or you might hear from interviews or whatever." And he goes on to say, I have strong faith in everyone in McLaren that uh, McLaren now that they're working as hard as possible. They're doing the best job they can to continue this kind of trend we've been on the last few years. Whether that means we jump up a few positions, whether that means we maybe lose a couple of positions, that's just the way it is. But it doesn't mean I think anything less of the team or whatever. I still have that faith and confidence. And he says, in a year, in year two, year three, year four, that's the higher end. That's where more opportunity for us as a team uh, to achieve more will be coming. I have confidence in the team for this year. Whether whether or not we will be able to win races or championships this year, I think is a very far question. Something we just have to wait and see. But we still know that without the wind tunnel, without a few things uh, that we have just yet, to be able to beat teams like Mercedes and Red Bull, who are performing such a high level, it's extremely difficult and almost impossible unless you're so incredible at in every other area that you're just making up for not having a good enough wind tunnel. I don't think we're at that point just quite yet. No, I agree with that. So, kind uh, of leans into, was it Haas or Alfa Romeo who said that the chances to close might not come this year, but in years two, three, four, possibly of this regulations reset? Um, it was Fred Vassour that said that. Mm. We we talked about that as well on the, on the podcast, but it kind of lends itself into that area as well. Mm, so, um, anything else you've to add on uh, McLaren's launch or anything that was said? I thought Zach Brown looked hilarious in those trackies. I'm not going to lie, <laughs> he did. To be fair, livery, livery out of ten. I, as much as I like this livery, I do think it has the potential to kind of, I guess. Not grow on me, but I guess the opposite. So for, I would mm. say eight and a half just for that. Yeah, because I think the Aston Martin will be strong throughout the year. There's a chance I could get tired of that McLaren livery. I'm not too sure, but I still think it looks very good right now. Um, same way as I thought the Aston Martin looked great at the beginning of last year. And that kind of wore off on me quickly. So I'll say eight and a half uh, just for that reason. 8.9 for me. Mm. Be, it's, it's definitely it's one of the better ones. For yeah, sure. absolutely that we've seen so far. Yes. So that was uh, the first week of launches. We had three of them. Uh, so we'll be quite busy this week because we have four. Uh, one uh, on, on Monday in Alpha Tari. Very excited to see that. One on Tuesday with Williams on the 15th. And then we've got big ones to end the week. Ferrari on the 17th of February on the Thursday and Mercedes on the 18th on the Friday. I've already seen the AlphaTauri and the Mercedes, so I'm not really bothered about them. 
Well, I'm 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 not going to be leaked <laughs> on these, so uh, I haven't seen anything from anyone apart from that Ferrari stuff we talked about a few weeks back. Uh, let's start with Alpha Tauri first. Uh, Valentine's release for them. Uh, I'm. What are your hopes, expectations for what Alpha Tauri are going to be showing us besides a new clothing line? <laughs> probably. Did you see the post that F1 put up earlier, or, or was it? It was either F1. I'm on it now. Who is it? It was Alpha Tauri. They basically put up. It's like Yuki and Pierre. They're sat in this, this really fashion. I'll have to try and send it you. It's, it looks so weird that Yuki's in this fashion label. He's oh, looks so out of place. <laughs> so funny to see. I, I'm just looking forward to seeing a delivery as always. I, I'm the whole point of, of these launches for me. Just looking how good the cars look. Second of all, whether Alphatari have got it right with innovations, or if they've done anything different, which I'm expecting them to do, because as we've said all year, and you've. You back them quite heavily. I do. They, they are a great operation, and I'm sure they've got something right. Obviously, they work with Red Bull in some capacity. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be certain elements that are very similar, which might point us towards the Red Bull a little bit. Yeah, which possibly. Is, maybe not. They might just be very do what Red Bull do and just leave it till we get to testing. Maybe, maybe not. I could, could see them releasing a few little things here and there, because obviously they are more now their own independent outfit per mm-hmm. se but that's one to watch out for uh, overall i'm just hoping they're just consistent this year uh, that is the main thing i want them to do because that they had such a good car last year and it was so inconsistent either because of bad luck or just the drivers being shit <laughs> uh, or just they're just the car just not being right for that particular track or things just not going the way. So hopefully they're in the right frame of mind and right place to get it right this year. Cause mm-hmm. so it's got to happen sooner or later where they, they click on a consistent top 10 runner because they've been threatening it for a while. Yeah, they've been there at times as well, you know. Mm, that was yeah, a f- if not even more last year. That was the fifth fastest car last year, and its strength seemed to be more on qualifying uh, because, you know, Gasly would qualify in these really high places, but, you know, like often ahead of the Ferraris and McLarens, you know, he can and easily find himself there. And one, maybe one of the Red Bulls occasionally, yeah, or maybe a Bottas even as well. Mm. And it just wouldn't work out in the race for whatever reason. So I feel I feel like last year was a bit of a missed opportunity in that regard. They should have had fifth. Alas, we know why they didn't have fifth. Sonoda wasn't, you know, to the level that I think everyone expected. But in terms of the launch, I'm hoping to see some innovation. It's very possible that, you know, how many depending on how many elements you know they obviously receive from Red Bull in the same way that Haas would see receive from Ferrari. It really it would be interesting to see if Red Bull has an effect on AlphaTauri's launch. I'd love to see some of AlphaTauri's innovation at the launch to the, to the degree that we've seen from Aston Martin and McLaren. But I don't... Like you said, maybe we get some of it, maybe not. I would love to see some of that innovation because, I again, I'm, I do think that operation's legit. I think it's a very underrated operation there in um, Faenza. Is that, is that yes, that's correct. So, I suppose I'm on the, on the pronunciation... So I hope we get something. I, I'm hoping for a livery change because I much prefer the 2020 Alpha Tari to the 2021 Alpha Tari. I'm the opposite. I like the darker one from last uh, year. 
Oh. I, th- I thought there was too much white on the year before. Ah, oh, no, I, I loved it. No, it looks shite. <laughs> well, whatever it happens, I hope they keep the white air, yeah, the white wheel rims. Well, no, because it won't be. It'll be covered up. So, nah, they gotta show those. Or have the no, cover white. Can't. No. Nah. It won't be. The LEDs will be white. The cover won't be white. I hope so. Well, there's something regarding <laughs> that. But I'm hoping to see some new livery and some of their innovation. But I, I'm conscious that maybe we won't, but we'll see. I, I'm full on expecting a style car, to be honest. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. It just basically, depending on how much carryover they're for Red Bull and what Red Bull obviously don't want people to see. So I, I'm just expecting it just to be a fashion show, to be honest. Well, that's all it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> really. it'll, be, it'll be interesting to watch, I'm sure. Yeah, but it won't actually be a car launch. It'll just be here. <laughs> well, here's the car, delivery. Yeah, the car will be launched somewhere in, the, in between. There. Yeah, you know, I mean, it won't be the proper mm-hmm. proper car. But hopefully, the delivery will be uh, one to deliver. I think it'll be different. I, something tells me that they will be. It'll, it'll be a different one again. Yeah. So I'm, I'm ex- so I'm actually expecting a different delivery. I'm expecting mm. it, not hoping, expecting it. So. Yeah, there were two teams have switched up already, so you never know. Yeah, and it's going to be a—it's th- going to at least be a third because Williams have already already alluded to the fact they're going to be using a different livery. Well, depending on what Alfa do, we can definitely say for sure Williams will be using a different livery. Uh, for sure, Williams will be. They've alluded to the fact already. Something a bit more Williamsy, apparently, which I the hope. Third color. Which I hope means we get something similar to like the 2008 Williams kind of thing, or maybe get an 06 one, but. This is where they go back to the uh, red and white Williams. <laughs> God. Oh, oh, you mean the 98 uh, Mechachrome? Yes. Ooh, yes. Yikes. That awful thing. Yeah, that was rough. God. That was uh, very, very rough. And going Mechachrome the was not back nice to back. either. Yeah, going back to back from uh, back-to-back iconic liveries to uh, that pile of shit. I kind of wonder how much crossover might be here with uh, Aston Martin slash Mercedes. I wonder... Yeah. But maybe not to the extent of Aston Martin. We'll see. I, th- I think the rear end will be the same again. Mm-hmm. I think that's the same elements that I think they're the, the, the key carry across all three Mercedes customers. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that again this week for at least twice. It'll be. Uh, I think it'll be more of a low key kind of launch for Williams. I'm just expecting the what's it? There's the a few renders, not an actual yeah. like proper. You never know the new new management. You never know something different, big, big one for the sponsor. I guess could do. Obviously, looking for a title sponsor there in Williams still. So, yeah, uh, look, I'm expecting to see a different. Like last year's car was nice. That Williams, it was a big improvement over anything they've had in the last since since the first year of the Martini. I like the first iterations of the Martini Williams. I, I hated them. Why Williams is the horrible? I like them. Some of them. They were vile. <laughs> they got progressively worse, especially the uh, Rexona ones. They were terrible. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. So, but yeah, like last year, last year's Williams was, was very nice to look at, and I hope they don't change it too much because yeah, we'll see. But yeah, and the, the, there was the, the video that they released when they showed it to Latifi and Albon said that there is a, a third color added to the pool. So. Whether that means there's a yellow or they've completely changed it up and put a new colour in completely. <laughs> Green. So it'd be an interesting one. Yeah, purple. I would like to see a bit sure. of purple on the, on the F1 grid, to be fair. I would mix it up a little bit. I do like Lewis's helmets, so that would be an interesting one, but probably not. 
So, and then, do you have anything else to add on Williams, or can we move on to the big boys? Big boys. Ferrari, 17th. I'm expecting an opera. I'm expecting a orchestra. I'm, expect, I'm expecting the, the finest of suits from Giorgio Armani. They're one of their sponsors. Yeah. I'm expecting them all just to look sexy as fuck. I yeah. won't lie. Yeah. It's just going to be pure sex appeal. One for the eyes, one for the ears. Yeah. 100%. And then it's going to get to the track and it's just all going to fall to bits. <laughs> Uh, expecting a different look here as well for Ferrari. Again, we've we've looked at a few potential leaks. I don't know. We'll see which one's real, if any of them are real. Uh, but very excited. Again, I, I, allegedly we're supposed to get some real bits and bobs from Ferrari and Mercedes on their launches. So I'm very interested to see the technical aspects, the innovations. Um, who I, I think we'll obviously with with obviously four teams launching this week like four out of yeah, you know the 10 teams and obviously four out of the remaining seven or sorry four out yeah. of the remaining uh sorry four out of the because we've seen technically four already with Haas so if, you know four out of the remaining uh flipping six teams that haven't launched heading into this week expecting to see a bit more I guess uh We'll see who's similar design to who in regards. So we'll be seeing more like McLaren with the push-pull rod on the side. We'll see something more like Aston Martin's uh, side of things. We're, like, I think we're going to see a bit more of a consensus, I guess, or I guess a I guess a middle ground or a meeting point between some of these technical innovations this week. Oh, yeah. This is definitely going to be showing who's got it right and who's got it wrong or who's had the similar ideas. Mm. 100%. So I'm fascinated to see what innovations Ferrari show and what those... Again, no one's showing their full hand here, but we've seen certainly a lot from Aston Martin and McLaren to be getting on with. I'm, again, I'm fascinated to see what a, a team like Ferrari, who... Do we think they have higher aspirations of their own car than maybe McLaren do? Do we think that they expect themselves to be in the hunt with Mercedes and possibly Red Bull? I don't know, just based on the last year's pecking order? Yeah. I seem to get that whole vibe from towards the end of last season when they were in interviews, regardless, that they seem to think that they had a lot of confidence in themselves, that they've got it right. So whether they actually have mm -hmm. is is the big question because Ferrari either do it amazingly or is going to be completely wrong. And I'm I'm very worried, if if I'm honest, that they've got it completely wrong and have been too confident in their own ability, and it's all just going to go tits up, and then there'll be a year period where we're doing nothing, new management will be brought in, Leclerc will want to leave, Sainz will want to leave, and it'll all just be a massive disaster, and I'll look like a, an absolute <laughs> bellend again. Oh, God. Leclerc to, uh, Leclerc to Mercedes? <laughs> well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's, it's anything. We've said it. It is probably is the the Switchback podcast main quote. Anything can happen in mm -hmm. Formula One, so it is. It's got me very, very worried, but also I'm very excited. I I love this time of year so much. Mm -hmm. It's so good it's, to look at. It's speculation. It's could this happen, and if this happens, and yeah, all that. It is. It's so many different scenarios running around in my head all the time, mm -hmm. constantly. It's all I think about, night and day. I will. It's, not, it's I will, really not. I will say, just as a separate kind of note for this year of F1, um, obviously a lot, of, a lot of drivers will stay push, you know, will have stayed put for this year. Uh, I guess this is a year where we'll see where the land lies. 
I think it's going to be like I think there could be this like this apart from an exception of like maybe Norris for example, who's obviously tied himself down here. I think there's going to be a, like a grid wide audition for that Mercedes seat of Lewis. If if this proves to be Lewis Hamilton's last season, that there is a there is a grid wide audition for that seat because I think it's whoever's up, got it right, it's up for grabs. Yes. Like yeah, essentially as well. Like obviously, like you, uh, we we believe McCl- like Ricardo's contracted to the end of next year. Yes, he alluded to that in the uh, McLaren launch mm-hmm. that he's got options. Is what he said. But he's got options past the end of this year. I think there is a big audition for that second Mercedes seat, and if depending on Russell's struggles, who knows? Yeah, because obviously it's a big, big year for George. You never know whether he's going to do a Gasly and just crack under the pressure or maybe absolutely ace it you, yeah. you never know like we all thought Gasly was ready to take on uh, the the Red or I guess would rise to the Red Bull challenge and it was a disaster yeah and yeah. one that's they, uh, they've been commenting on that a lot recently mm-hmm. Jonathan Jonathan Wheelie said that he uh, thinks Gasly is more than ready now to take the next step so that's one that's I think everybody's known for for a good while now, but whether he actually does or not, we've we've said it a few times. It needs to move on, and probably Mercedes is probably one of the only places he can go to, really. Yeah, possibly. But again, we'll see. Like it's, I guess we'll move on to Mercedes on that note. Unless you have anything else to add on there, Ferrari. No, not much more to say. It'll it'll look good from all aspects. I think with Ferrari, we'll see if it actually is good. But it'll, it'll certainly look yeah, good on that on that launch. But. Merce- Mercedes will be a very big launch as well. Again, we'll see how much they choose to reveal. We're led to believe that they're going to be showing a real-ish car. Yes. So, um, livery, in terms of livery, I'm expecting a return or more silver this year. I'm expecting a mostly return to silver. It wouldn't surprise me I if they know. went similar to, in many ways, similar to the 2019 livery, where they did have a little bit of black at the back anyways. Yeah, they, they they put a picture on Instagram where it's using, they've got the paint pots out and it's got mm. black, silver, red and the blue out. So it's definitely them four colours, but in which which shebang are we going to get it? Because it's, it was, it's one of the better liveries. I, I love it in the black. I, I personally hate it in the silver. It looks crap. So plain Jane. To be honest, I, until they released their 2019 Mercedes, I, I agreed with you. I think that 2019 Mercedes was absolutely fantastic in that. Yeah, that, that was that was the better one of the lot. I will I will say that that one did look nice, but the rest of them before that looked so boring. So so boring. I would rather them painted it the Patronas blue. I would have got more joy mm. after that. To be honest, I, the reason why I think they're going to be returning back to this more silver is because they've they seem to be very happy. And there's an article on on uh, mosport.com uh, from Adam Cooper, basically how they're making how they're making great promising progress on their diversity targets. Like they're confident that despite the car, you know, potentially going back to silver, that what the reason behind them doing the black livery in the first place too obviously with their push for equality and diversity that these are targets that the team is meeting and maybe they you know they're they're still working on these even if they go back to their their silver liveries i I think that's just i think it's i think just on those looking at that i believe that they'll go back to more silver but i mean the photo had more black paint being used than the uh the it silver. Did. So maybe we'll see a 
the, the maybe the the inverse of what we were thinking. Maybe it'll be more mostly black, but with more silver, or I guess any silver, back on the car. I'm thinking like a fade job where it starts off silver and then it fades into the black and then whatever. That would be quite nice, I think. They could do a better job than their 2019 Hockenheim livery, maybe, with that in that regard. Yeah, that was pretty pretty awful. Uh, it, it was great until the, the the front of the car met the 2019 Mercedes again with the rear. Yeah. It was not done nicely, but... Anywho, so we're both expecting. So, are, so are we saying then all four teams unveiling this week we're expecting a different livery? Uh, Alphatari, no, but yes, yes on at different, least three. Yes, majority, yes. It wouldn't surprise me if they're all if they all decide right. New year, new regs. Let's 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 change up the brand a bit to mm. change change our our look. So. I assume that's why the other teams have done it as well, to well, be fair. Well, that's what I was expecting from Red Bull, but apparently not. Well, they, they have, to be fair. It's just not to the... I, I said this before they announced it, that there is no point in them changing it because that is their brand. They've run it for years. There is no point changing it. It's just what I know Red Bull as, what the entire F1 community knows Red Bull as, what the world knows Red Bull as, as a brand. It's just it. It works. In terms of Mercedes, and obviously we're going to see George Russell in, a, I guess, a Mercedes capacity. Going to be hearing from him as a Mercedes driver. There are a lot. Of, look, there's been a theme across the launches so far where everyone's been at, the drivers have been asked about like Michael Massey and all this. And I'm, I'm, I'm sick of it already. Like too much I has been made. Be awesome too much has been made on this. Like most, apart from Stroll, who seemed to push back a bit on the um, how the thing was handled. Um, like Vettel, Ricardo, Norris, they've voiced their support for Michael Massey. I know Red Bull will continue to voice their support and help. Um, that was the thing that it seemed to be agree. Uh, Ricardo echoed this sentiment as well, that um, more needs to be done to help race control and Michael Massey. Like, again, like Michael Massey's been in this job for is it like three years now? Three years, three years yeah. Since 2019, when Charlie yeah. Whiting suddenly passed at the Australian Grand Prix and... You know, nothing was said about you know, how, like, how much was said about his capacity to do those races then. Like, remember, remember when Verstappen and Leclerc came together in Austria 2019, and you know, like the stuff like that. Like, nothing was said about it then. But I, I do believe it's like this outcry has come from uh, obviously Mercedes mostly, but in the hashtag Lewis stands. Yeah, the Netflix fans as well, because like, where were where were these comments back in you know in in 2019 and 2020? Well, that's it. I'm sick to death of going on Twitter literally I am so close to deleting it, it's, it's so frustrating to go on Twitter and all I see is a mention back to Abu Dhabi and how sickening it is, get over yourself it was yeah. two months ago, it's in the past now, nothing can be done wait for the FIA's verdict and get over it, it's done like, I understand the frustration and what have you, completely, I get it but, it's over it's- writing on Twitter and adding people that like adding people and being toxic all the time does nothing it literally does fuck all please stop and this it's is so boring to read and this is the aspect that's going to really frustrate me with mercedes launch because people are going to ask about it and i don't know like i don't know why I'd, I'd hate more if mercedes talked about it more or if they decide we're not going to talk about this like in terms of like, and give it in like in a salty kind of kind of context like i'm I'm already dreading the quotes coming from that thing because everyone's going to be asked and then obviously like 
obviously it should be Lewis Hamilton's first you know Mercedes public appearance this season he's going to be asked questions uh will mm-hmm. they decide no we're not we're not having we're not you know sorry Lewis is not available for this, for a comment or this kind of, like uh, I don't know what PR is going to do is here good. like running away from the issue is not going to help things exactly but I don't want them to bitch about it at the same time which I, I'm expecting I could I, the problem is I could see them going either way I'm already sick of what they're going to say I just want to see the car um I don't need George Russell getting involved on matters on last year. You weren't a Mercedes driver last year. You don't like yeah. your input is like you don't need to have input here. Like I'm like there, there are only two people that need to be involved in that situation is Lewis and Max. Nobody else needs to get involved. You know, even Max, That's like it. maybe Toto, like you know, it's we're kind of a decision. Maybe like you know, maybe Toto could be involved, but like Russell's like, and he's yeah, he has to be careful here because isn't he the new GPDA, the Grand Prix Drivers Association leader now? I don't know. I did, I did not see anything about that. I'm pretty sure he's the, he because Grosjean was the previous head. Yeah, uh, and obviously he's been off the grid. So I, I believe it's George Russell now, and he has to be careful how he conducts himself and what he says because he's representing the Grand Prix Drivers Association. Mm. So uh, he doesn't need to get involved in any of this. Uh, so I hope from that point of view we don't get a ton of this shit because again, much has been made in the media about especially the quote new air quote uh audio that came out about red bulls you know jonathan weekly onto michael massey even though it, it was not new at all but like it, you have talk shows at sky sports bringing it up again and it's again like we just need to be done with this it's so t- it's tired like, it's just just it's done it's over and it's been alluded to that nothing would have changed the out like the outcome essentially like you know when if they talk about appeals and that kind of thing and Verstappen still would have been crown champion it's it's done we need to leave it in the past we've got fantastic regulations on paper it seems uh, to the point where Andrew Green's talking about we might not even need DRS and the Mercedes are saying overtaking should be much easier in places there's a lot to yeah. be excited about. We don't need to be having conversations about 2021. Sadly, that's going to happen at Mercedes, and I, I'm sure we're going to see it like AlphaTauri or Williams drivers asked the same way that Aston Martin and, and McLaren have been asked about it as well. Um, with Mercedes Central happening here on Friday, we're going to see it again, and I'm already going to be sick of what's going to come out of it. We're, I can already tell you we're going to rant about it next week, about the, whatever nonsense comes out from Total Wolf's mouth and who else is involved uh, was, Hamilton may not say a ton that's fine uh, again it's 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 not Hamilton who I'm particularly pissed at at all like it's no, it, no, is, no, it, is, it is Total Wolf uh, it'll be interesting to hear Hamilton's viewpoint on it because this will again be the first time he's actually going to talk about it and we'll see if Mercedes well, PR allow him <laughs> to talk about it or we'll say uh, or maybe they'll allow one question and they'll be like no, no further questions we'll see how PR handle it but yeah, I can already see the headlines and I can already tell that we pissed off about it. The amount of Twitter accounts I've had to block is so, so tiring. Especially that twat F1 Jordan. He can fuck off. <laughs> well, call it. Well, he's the one that bought that entire clip up. Yeah. Complete ludicrous. Yeah, like, I, learn, I... learn learn your shit before you come out calling people out. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's just look at the actual news before you decide to blooming start an absolute World War 3 again is oh, I, so like, I hate the fact that drivers like we, we were talking about now for the simple fact that drivers have been asked about it and it's been in the news again this week 
it's yeah it's like please i'm i'm hoping mercedes say nothing in the sense in the sense that we don't want to talk about it it's done like it's in the what well, love nothing more is mercedes to say look Last year was last year. We're disappointed about it. We'll 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 wait the outcome of the the and the FIA investigation and whatever. Uh, but we'd like to move on with this year. I would love nothing more than to praise Mercedes for having that attitude this time I next week. I would sit my hat to them if they know? said that. But I'd be like, right, fair enough. But we know that's not going to happen, yeah, and we know they they're going to be asked top. about it. There's no doubt about it. You can't if you're if you're a media outlet, you have to ask it. Yeah, I don't. I don't blame them. I hate it, but that, yes, that is their job. That is the job that they have to do, unfortunately. And I'm sure they're all sick and. I hope they're of sick it. of it. I hope there's not one person asking it that is happy to ask about it, or yeah, you know, it's. I'm so. I'm so over it. So hopefully, yes. Again, well, hopefully, depending on what Mercedes say, hopefully we'll have to spend a ton, a ton of time. Giving them shit. Really, we shouldn't be giving it the time of day. I know, really. but, but we just did. But we, it's but we just, just did. Frustrating. Yeah, we did because it's been asked at almost every single, and Haas included, uh, every single. Why would you have to ask Haas about this? Like about? They don't need to be asked about that. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it, the the only team that should be asked is Mercedes. It's, it's Mercedes. It's Mercedes. No, they're not even no, Red Bull. Nobody the, else. It doesn't even... Like, it's not. It's the FIA and Mercedes' it's beef. Red Bull, of course, will be the benefactors of it, but... Yeah, but they've done... They did nothing wrong. Right. So we got four livery changes, hopefully, this week. And yes. That is one. So that's... Uh, Andy, I want to see Mercedes' innovation. I want to see... I want to sit here talking about the thing... Talking similar to how we talked about Aston Martin and McLaren's cars... I want to talk about that, you know. I want people to thing, ask, I want people to ask, you know, Mattia Bonotto, and I want people to ask like, who. Like, I want. To, I want James Allison to give some technical quotes. I want. I want. I want technical insight, like we got from Andrew Green, like we got from James Key, like we got to an extent from you know Red Bull side of things. I, I want. I want to be hearing about this. I want. I don't want. I want. I don't want to see a story on race fans and motorsport.com about flipping Pierre Gasly's viewpoint on how the FIA are handling shit. Like, or, Ab- for, or questions from Abu Dhabi. Like, I don't need or want to see any of that. Yes, 100%. And obviously, with Mercedes being the powerhouses that they are, surely they've got something up their sleeve. Surely. They've they found a loophole. As the uh, paddock alluded to, that two teams had... Uh, got something has found a loophole in the regulations so i'm very intrigued to see what that this supposed loophole i'm doing air quotes in my fingers consistently mm-hmm. while saying that whereas they've got a bone stock car and i'm just like oh great love it thanks for that so that's my hope for this week even though we just talked even though we're just i i'm fully aware of the hypocritical nature of what we just talked about like i but i don't care at this point i yeah. am yeah i'm just so yeah Again, again, I would love to be. I would love nothing more than to not talk about it next week. But we know for a fact it's going to be talked about. And if it's stupid, we'll talk about it. Like if it's if the comments that come we out of our mouths are absolute shite and nonsense and deserve to be called out, then guess what? We're going to have to do it. And I would. Well, lucky Toto. I don't want to. Don't want to do it. But again, nothing would please me more than to talk about the technical aspects of the Ferrari, of the AlphaTauri, of the Williams, maybe, and and Mercedes. Yeah, I want to see more content this week, and thankfully. Thankfully, this is the one thing the F1 official fan, or the F1 account will actually not lean into, thankfully. 
and I can look at great content like F1 have posted all week on the launches of side-by-sides and comparisons and how much nicer the 2022 cars are compared to the 2021 cars. Yeah, they, they've nailed it this year with the content. Absolutely nailed it's it. Last brilliant. year was shite. This year it's been absolutely brilliant. Look, I understand F1 leaning into the Max versus Lewis content last year because it was the first proper title fight we've had since Rosberg and Hamilton in 2016. It's fine. Like I I completely understand. Hmm. Um, oh, right. I don't know if I feel better about after that. But, <laughs> uh, last but not, what do you make of Daniel Ricciardo's helmet, actually? Um Ah, they're going downhill, Graham. I won't lie. Really, I really like them. I, I, I'm not a fan. It's so, it's okay. It's not bad, but they just they don't really do anything for me anymore. Mm. They're not like ever since the Renault, they moved to Renault, huh? Yeah, I, I liked his Renault helmets. To be fair, they were very good. I, I, did, I did like them ones, but the McLaren's I'm not really, really a fan of. If I'm honest, mm. I, I much prefer. Uh, Carlos's and Charles's and even even blooming Kimmy's helmets I liked a lot more mm-hmm. uh, funny you should mention uh, F1's latest uh, post is about uh, Kimmy Raikkonen walking through the desert and uh, that iconic uh, iconic uh, moment where you walk through the Bahrain desert after I think it was practice or something <laughs> I do not know that moment I'm gonna, I was on the F1 Twitter, uh, F1 Instagram account so really you, you'll know it I think I haven't done a very good job explaining it yeah of course you haven't mm-hmm. oh yeah I know exactly what you mean yeah just it. <laughs> desert came in with a cowboy emoji you, you, you remember this F1 moment right I do I do it, it's it's a sore one Graham because he's in a Ferrari and he's, he's retired of course so any, any retirement is sore well, it's, well it's not in, it's obviously not in the, during the race but no. What what year is this? Was this it's gotta be it's a Santander it's supposed to be on the front of seventeen? I mm. would guess it's seventeen. The, his helmet is quite his seventeen's helmet's actually quite different from his sixteen helmet. Yeah, and there's Rolex on the barriers at the side, so yeah. I would guess seventeen. Yeah. Right. Anyway. Is there anything else to add? Before we wrap not F1 up, wise. not F one wise, would you do anything else to add? I do actually. All right, let's hear it. Right. It's a Super Bowl tonight, Graham. Will, oh. you, will you be partaking in this? I, I, I personally won't because it's on too late for me, but do you know who would you be backing if you did decide to uh, partake it, if you know who's even in it? I know, I yeah, know. I'm aware of who's in it. I would probably back the Bengals, but based yeah. on nothing, maybe the underdog aspect. But uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for the underdogs. I will say I saw a great image of, I think, the quarterback. I think his name's is Tom Burrows, I think. But he's wearing a big coat. He's wearing some killer shades, old school shades. He's got a big turtleneck uh, chain with his name initials. Uh, and he's a quarterback, I believe. So I thought, yeah, that looks cool. Um, but Bengals <laughs> are apparently the underdog. And apparently it's been a wild... It has been, a, what I've seen, it has been an absolutely mad playoff run. Um, just, yes. in, just in general. So when I watch it, I don't know. I don't normally watch NFL because it takes like four hours. I might see when it's... If it starts at 11, do you know what? I, th- I think it's on at 12. If it starts at 12, I'm not sure. If it starts at 11, I could be persuaded to stay up, but I'm unsure. Yeah, it's one of them ones that I've never really followed. I, I, well, I've, I've watched a few it, of them. But I've never watched it, because I, I don't really understand what's what. But it's one I'm, I'm sort of on the verge of committing to watching. If, if I wasn't at work, I would watch it. Mm-hmm. But... 
I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Bengals to uh, pick up the dub. Something, something different to like, something light-hearted to end the podcast on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got a bit ranty at the end there. Nah, it needed to be said. Needed to be said. Well, we'll see. <laughs> I, I have got a cream cake waiting for me when I go downstairs, Graham. I'm very excited. Do you know what? Actually, I I put together. I last night I cooked one of the best dishes I've cooked in a long time. It was absolutely gorgeous. It was. It was a uh, brown rice, uh, yeah. peas, carrots, chicken, but all joined together in this beautiful tandoori powder, Oof. and it would it just from Tesco, and it just I wasn't expecting it to be as nice as it was. And a bit of a bit of grated cheese on top, melted just to add a little bit to it. But oh, you mix it in, pasta. mix it all in. And it was honestly, it was absolutely, mwah. and I have leftover chicken from what I cooked yesterday. So I'm literally going to make the same dish again today because it was, it was so damn good. So I'm very excited to uh, to get stuck into that. So I'm going to send you a picture of cream all over my face. <laughs> you would sound clip. <laughs> right, that's going to do it. Uh, contrary to uh, pop, contrary to the the rants we had about Mercedes, I'm very excited for all the launches. I just. I just hope we're not talking about the wrong things from them. That's yes. that's all. I just just a preface, just to just to put a final preface on that. I'm very excited to see technically what we're going to have this week. I'm excited to see liveries. I'm excited to see some new drivers and new colors, like Alex Albon coming back to the grid, uh, George Russell in the Mercedes outfit. I hope we're celebrating those things and not talking about Abu Dhabi. There's a lot to be excited for in F1 this year between the cars and the, the potential competitive balance. I'd like to lean more into that, but I know it might not be the case. But yeah, very excited for the four car launches this week. It's going to be fun. I am eager, eager to see what the what this week brings. Mm-hmm. Very, very happy. So that's going to do it for another edition of the Switchback Formula One podcast. And this one ran a little bit longer, but there was a lot to cover this week. A lot to cover, oh, a lot to preview. Sure. So... Hopefully, sure, we'll, well, I mean, hopefully we, we don't have to talk about, um, well, I would, we yeah. wasted like two minutes talking about Marco Mattiacci, so. Well, you mean you wasted two minutes I talking was, about yeah. Marco Mattiacci, actually. Yeah. I said, hmm. <laughs> I said he's probably going to get paid a lot for fuck all. <laughs> and I'm going to be correct on that. Uh, Wish someone would pay me a lot for fuck all. Mm-hmm. I'm honest. Uh, I've been right. That's been the edition of the Switchback Formula One podcast. I've been Graham. I have been the Bengals' biggest fan. <laughs> oh, I was hoping you'd see Marco Mattiacci. <laughs> I was going to, but then you ruined it by bringing it back all for me. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> sorry about that. Always one twice. That's a ruined it for everybody. Oh, else. You have to have a backup plan, man. It's good to have continued. Yeah, I did. The, the Bengals was my backup <laughs> plan, but it's not a score. Uh, and uh, we shall see you. Uh, see you next week. Goodbye. <laughs>